listening to the people that play your game instead of trying from from the high tower to try and lure people into it with microtransactions and easier time whatever it may be it, it just doesn't work yeah, so i really trick. hope i really hope 2019 brings the year where where developers realize their mistakes sure hope so very nice and end rant Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Emergent Gamer Podcast, episode 193. I'm Neo Ayoshi, and I'm joined by some cool-ass dudes. We got Trip Zero. Trip Zero, what's up, guys? Felix Ergood. Felix Ergood. And back for the first time ever in 2019, but, it's Lock and Key. But 2019? Well, I'm well, just kidding. It feels like forever, Lock. <laughs> I, get, I get your point. I get your point. <laughs> I get it. What's good, going on, guys? It's good to have you back. We Lock. missed you. We missed you very much. Ah, Neo, who or who is bringing us to the world? Oh, this is brought to you by the OG Podcast Network. I was curious. Wow. OGPodcast.com. Gotcha. Nope. I wondered if people brought, brought oh, my bad. us to them. No. OGPodcastNetwork.com. Oh, sh- you always forget that last part. But now you won't. Yeah. You may be redirected you if you go to that first link. Mm. Yes. And their, um, their Twitter is OG Podcasts. The, the internet. Got it. Well, hell yeah. Well, it's good to have us all back at the same table again. It is. The internet table. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, uh, Locke, what have you been up to? It's been quite a while. Um, it has. I mean, you two know what I've been up to for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Really just, oh, doing my, the, yes. just doing the Destiny thing, have been. It's really the only um, game that I've been playing for the most part. Uh, some stuff here and there, but really it's balancing, trying to find time to do literally everything else. Um, yeah, seriously. So that's the, that's the struggle. Um, but yeah, gaming wise, it's, uh, it's been destiny for the most part, you know, we've been raiding and doing all that destiny two has to offer with black armory coming out. I'm still doing black armory content. Um, as more and more like trickles out through through each week. What do you what do you um, think about the new Black Army content and the and the raid? Uh, yeah, great question. Uh, the raid, uh, I haven't completed it yet because we um, we didn't do the the last boss. But knowing the mechanics of the last boss and stuff, I think for for the amount of money that Black Armory costs, I think it's well worth the ten dollars. When you take a look at it, like with mm-hmm. the annual pass being it was like 30 bucks right or 40 bucks for the annual pass yeah um looking at black armory as only ten dollars it's definitely worth ten dollars now if this was a regular dlc rolled out like curse of osiris well then i would probably be upset um you're probably expecting like a little bit more like kind of like a osiris style story correct they, they presented that yeah yeah and i mean if you compare and contrast from forsaken to this i mean it's not even close but in terms of what they've added with the forges new weapons um the new raid um i think it's well worth the the added content i mean i was we were still playing forsaken for the most part i mean it was on i was on the tail end of it i wasn't doing as much but and they're um, still rolling things out they've got this time gate 
kind of model that they're playing around yeah. with a little bit. So there's more forges still. I think there's two more eventually we're going to I get. think there's two. Yeah, I think there's two more forges. So we'll see tomorrow if another forge rolls out. Yeah, true. I'd be interested to see if another one rolls out uh, tomorrow. Either tomorrow or Friday I, would I, be my bet. Felix, go ahead. Oh, true. I, yeah. I thought you guys all all blind completed the raid or you didn't blind complete the we raid? We didn't blind complete. We blind did the raid up to the uh, final layer and we did the first phase of the boss encounter. There's a second phase. And then uh, half of us were able to LFG a finish. Just because yeah, schedules so what got all messed was, up. But you were not yeah. in that lock? No, so I I was playing. We played for like two or three hours uh, to try and do the, the final boss. Um, I ended up finding a few guys in LFG and then ultimately found somebody to replace myself when I had to go. Uh, oh. And those three guys were all way higher light level than we were for the most part, which I think ultimately helped the completion mm-hmm. um because a lot of it again was light level gated in terms of being able to survive in the final encounter to dps in the final encounter and all that so no i have not completed the raid fully yet uh cool. everything but the final um yeah but i think overall it's a good step in the right direct right direction excuse me for for destiny and for bungie i think i prefer this trickle out content over the course of time versus you know, like one mediocre DLC. I think right. they've done a lot right so far with Forsaken. It's not perfect, but I think they've done a lot with it thus far. What are your thoughts on it, Neo? Because we haven't necessarily talked oh. about it like in particular, but I mean, value wise, it's fine. I, I actually really like the raid. Like I like mm-hmm. I like what Bungie does with all the raids. And and we were having a good time that one night. I guess that yeah. was like like last week or whatever. Yeah, we were uh, in we there were having, day one. It was pretty fun. Yeah, it was fun as hell, and we were struggling, but like we were pushing our way through. We got to the end, and and that's the kind of like experiences I like. Yeah, when I'm like doing a raid thing, like it's it's all about like like that. that the group play is just so much fun. So value wise, totally cool. Forges, hell yeah, I like getting more guns, and they're giving you a creative way to do it. So mm-hmm. like, pretty pretty sweet. Um, honestly, I haven't jumped back in in the past week because after we like kind of like rolled over on the raid stuff i was like okay let me play some of the other games i wanted to play so i didn't really like i'm not i haven't been like on the grind this whole week but right um from what i everything i played of it i'm i'm really enjoying it and if the next like the next major pass has another like raid i'm i'm there i'll I'll grind my gear up to get to get in that raid and it'll be a good time again yeah august will be the next raid august it's part of this pass yeah yeah it's part of so they're not doing raids for every one, the next one's gambit focused. Wait, are you saying next year August? Like the like 2019 August. That'll be the third like chunk of content. Like this is the Black Armory. Um, next is the spring right. and there's the Drifter. The Drifter is going to have some kind of new end game like gambit related activity. So it won't be okay. a raid, but it'll be something else like as a pinnacle activity to complete. And then the third season of this content, which is going to be over the summer basically is going to have uh, a raid in I think might not be August whenever that whenever it comes out like but in the summer oh, that's a for that's sure. a big gap but I, I guess I get it those things must not be easy to uh, craft if you yeah know I've, yeah I've listened to a few Destiny podcasts that have interviewed uh, creators of raids that are on like the raid team and the amount of work that it goes into to creating the puzzles and then creating the world the enemies all that I mean it's a huge huge undertaking to oh, create I a bet. raid yeah. so. <laughs> You know, undertaken. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's it's not surprising that they can't every three months create a new raid. Like Scourge was probably created 
before Forsaken even came out, and they fine-tuned mm. it after Forsaken, um, knowing that they had to create two raids back-to-back in, in this time frame. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we'll see what... I think it's Joker's Wild, right, is the next one? Yep. We'll see how that pans out. I don't know. I mean, I'm not really a huge fan of Gambit. I don't really like playing it. Um, but yeah. I enjoy the Drifter, <clears throat> and I enjoy his story. So hopefully it's not something solely gambit focused but i don't think it will i think they've introduced gambit as a a way to move his story along because i was dipping into some of the lore books and like the idea is that gambit exists as a way for one character that's been hinted at not hinted but we've heard stories since destiny one about this character and these two uh like a light and dark almost version of the same kind of gunslinger um this is his idea to bring his followers out to try and get this guy finally. So Gambit's kind of like a means to an end. And I think we're going to mm. see the pinnacle of that story, which will be very, very cool. Yeah. Right. And like I said, for the, for $10 to get a, you know, a couple hours more worth of content. And then depending on the weapons and stuff and the grind and stuff, you know, it's worth, it's worth that investment. If you're mm-hmm. a fan of destiny and you've been a fan of forsaken, um, you know, and I think it's a good way to hold over until year three when there's another forsaken, size dlc they've already said that yep that next um next september i guess would next you know seven every year that feels feels so far away wow oh yeah it's i mean it's (laughs) it's forever away at this point um and then you get a huge another year's worth of potential dlc until the the next game but you know it's it's i was talking to felix about this before you guys hopped online and then um like there's this weird balance of like a game as a service, which is nice to log in and feel accomplished after doing a certain amount of things. But it's like this balance of, I was tweeting about it the other day that like, I felt paralyzed about trying to jump in and play at reset when there's 900 things that I need to do. Um, So it's nice to be able to play one game as a hobby when I have everything else going on in my personal life. Right. But then Felix was talking about, you know, hop into Assassin's Creed. It's on sale right now. Why don't you play that? And you can always pause it. But I don't know if I'd get the same level of fulfillment out of playing a game like that without sitting down and digesting a huge chunk of the story of a single player yeah. game, you know? So it's Yeah, it's very hard to do. Right. Because especially, I mean, especially if you know you can't dedicate yourself and your time to it. Right. It feels like if you were to like start it, then kind of come back to it later when you did you might feel lost and you might feel like disconnected oh, from the story. It's exactly what happened with Witcher. Yeah. I had, a, I have to start Witcher over. No, oh my God. Like, Dude, every, no, every fucking it's every time, time with the Witcher. Yeah. I mean like Witcher, I mean, I don't really need to buy any other single player games cause I could just keep fucking over Witcher, like play the Witcher save for yeah. 25 hours and then forget all about it and have to restart it. Yeah. I've killed the Griffin like 400 <laughs> times <laughs> since Witcher three has come out. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, like destiny has been, has been it. And I would agree with you, Neo. I think the, the camaraderie of playing and raiding and, and doing that type of stuff is what makes the game so fun. It gets, it gets lackluster after a while when you're just doing the solo grinding without playing with, with Honestly, others, you know, if it, if it wasn't for everybody like in the discord and us and everything, I would have probably just like moved on a while ago. Right. Honestly. I mean, no, I hear it. it. I get it. I do. If I'm not working for like a goal, like a, like a group, focused goal then it's like okay well i did everything i wanted to see i've seen everything i wanted to see i can move on now so yeah that's that's where i am yeah the only other thing that keeps me going is crucible like i really enjoy 
uh, the competitive nature of, mm-hmm. of Crucible. Yep. There's not really many other competitive first-person shooters that I really enjoy that much. Um, Wait. But so I, I enjoy playing Destiny. I think it's one of the best multiplayer experiences right now in terms of PvP. So, uh, Locke, Lock, did they just have a? Um, didn't they have an alpha or a beta for Anthem? Did that happen? It did, it but did. I only had. I only had. Uh, I mean, I guess I can't really say too much. No, about you, this, you can't. Oh, I had. I had a time of, slot, so I had a time slot. Cool. I had a weekend to play it, and I had a, a time slot that worked in in that weekend that I actually was free. Yeah, don't break and the NDA or it's, anything. It's, it's no, under I heavy just, NDA I, right now. Yeah. 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 Listen, the the bottom line is is I had a time slot to play, and I was unsuccessful in playing. That's all okay. I will say. Cool. So I cannot really, you know. And that could be for any reason. That doesn't necessarily mean connectivity on their part. That that could mean because you just didn't have time. Unsuccessful. But again, right. I've already said that like I will not be able to play like I won't be able to play Division Two. I won't be able to play Anthem unless like that's what I play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't. I can't. I can't. I've already. I've already written Division Two um, off in my mind. So you, like I in, unless two. Division yeah. Two. Like yeah. see Division. Like I love the feel of Division. I love the grittiness of Division. So Division Two comes out and it's really successful. Who knows? Depending on what the state of Destiny is, I may be able to put that completely, completely on the back. Yeah, and sure. I mean, we'll never know because you know? obviously that's but, the way these games well, are going to go. But it was fun yeah, playing I'll, Division I'll, on Xbox with uh, with you guys. It was definitely a very like a real feel. Where Destiny's the fantasy future feel. Division's correct. like, oh, this is like New York, and this is like real ass shit, and we're doing like squad stuff. Gra- it's a grounded cover based shooting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah. that's what happened with Division One. Like when Division yeah. came out. There was some fucked up shit going on with Destiny. I don't remember what it was. You guys probably remember better than me. I'd have to look. Let me look up the date. We all, we all kind of collectively as a podcast said, are we getting Division? We getting Division? Yeah, let's get Division. We're done with Destiny anyway. And there was a yeah. couple episodes of our show where we kind of even trashed, trashed Destiny. Yeah. Because the, what we were experiencing with the Division was so much better at the time. Yeah, but it really wasn't. It was just <laughs> no, new. Like wasn't. division, like launch division was was a hot pile of garbage. It was oh, just new. Okay, so content at side point. to sidebar. Um, March eighth, twenty sixteen, was the division's release date, which would have been a real dry time in Destiny because the Taken King came out in September of twenty fifteen, which was which was fire. But they had no plans for that year. Like it just kind of was that for a whole yeah, year yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So it was like very much in until a rise of iron came out. Right. Yep. Which yeah, is, which was a year was a after people. taken King. So I remember having a conversation with somebody I was playing division with, uh, uh, man, I don't remember his name, but he, you introduced me to him lock and he was playing division like all the time. I don't right. remember who it was, but he was somebody who we had played destiny with Josh. I think his name was, Josh. was it was a Josh. Yeah. Yeah. And I, he was playing Division Hardcore. At oh, he played it a lot. Yeah, yeah, he played yeah. it a lot. So I, I was in, it was just me and him playing. And I was like, are you thinking about going back to Destiny? And I remember him just like, he was the one who I'd raided with, in Destiny with and had such a good time. And he just was like, at that time when we were in Division, he's like, this is just so much better, dude. I don't yeah. think I'm going back to Destiny. Well, it was, it, was, it was feeding the looter shooter. Right, it was feeding that for you, and it was a bunch of new content. Like there was a lot to do in terms of like digestible content when Division first came out. But once you got past that content, it was very surface level, just like Destiny was when when D one launched. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, 
but it looked beautiful. Like I have it on PC and I've played a little, very, very, very little bit on PC and it looks amazing, right? Like New York city on my PC, like looks incredible. So if division two comes out and it learns from its mistakes and it learns from destiny's mistakes and it's successful, well, you know, depending on that timeline versus Anthem, maybe, maybe I do pick that up and and put destiny down who knows. But I I think really what it comes down to is to Neo's point, like I'm going to go where people are going. Like I don't, I'm just not that type of gamer. I just really don't. I'll lay on my couch and watch TV or take a nap versus play a single player game to be perfectly yeah. honest. So like the, the, the group activity is really, is really what wants me, what keeps me gaming at this point. So. We've only been able to accomplish what we've done this year in destiny Two because of the community that we have and the people that are playing. Yeah. True. I mean, I would, true. I would be on there just grown tremendously. Yeah. Like think about when we first, when you first were, were dipping your toe in it trip and you were still trying to play PlayStation and PC at the same oh, time. Terrible fucking idea. Like there were, there were, yeah, I, yeah, very terrible idea. <laughs> it was like, it was like fucking Felix buying the same game 14 yeah. times. There's um, no way you can do like, that with how destiny is, is structured. Not right now, now, not now. No. In D one, it was, it was easy to do. It was easier to do that. Uh, in D two now it's forget it. I mean, I don't even know how people do it, but, um, like there was, there was, we, we had like four people, four or five people. Like it yeah. was us three and we were occasionally playing with diamond, but barely, and like Vizzy would I barely knew Vizzy. Characters. Like, yeah, I had well, six you did, yeah, and you played all <laughs> six of them like a I fucking did. nut job. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, what we have created with people joining and playing with us, I mean, it's it's fantastic. It really it's, is. It's cool because I think uh, a lot of them they're excited for things like Anthem, and we can just kind of like hop over together and see how that game is uh, single player and multiplayer. Because I know Bioware has said. Anthem is very much supposed to be a single player experience. You want to be able to have the story that people come to Bioware games for. And we want you to have that um, as well. That's why like the social spaces, like there isn't like a big tower. There's like, you are in there by yourself on their, their tower equivalent and stuff like that. But then of course we have the resources to try out the multiplayer stuff. They've promised a raid. So it'll be cool to see what kind of uh, events those are like. If they have a world's first race, like we don't know. We'll find out, but it'll be yeah. Cool it's, to see. it's it yeah. It's a good point. I mean, I'm I'm very hesitant of Anthem. Like, if oh, we're comparing sure. Anthem to Division Two, like <laughs> Division Two has, in my opinion, um, a better track record in terms of being successful because of what they've learned from the first I mean, game. Like, Ubisoft this is Bioware. Is, Ubisoft is coming off like a hell of a good year. Yeah, it's true. Player shit. Yeah, like they've they've just like with starting with Ghost Recon last year, like it and going into this year with Assassin's Creed Origins. I mean, their single players to shit is top notch as yeah. far as I'm concerned. And so to Locke's point, they've had the track, they've had the experience of having this game out in the wild and learning from what mistakes they made. You know, yeah. I mean, Division. Dude, when did Division get teased? Like three E3s prior oh, to it yeah. launching. Like they yeah. worked on Division for a long, they long did. time. And then they supported it for years. I mean, all of the content that Division came out with. And it's it got ultimately a better better game than launch. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. it's still a great it's a great game. There's tons of people that still play it. Mm-hmm. And all We've, of the DLC that came out for it, you yeah. know. Um, so they're, you know, Bioware is coming off of an awful, <laughs> awful year. I mean, they're coming off of like a major flop for a major property of theirs and mm-hmm. shifting all of their focus and going all in on a genre that they have not They've never done done being so, published by EA as well, which has its own 
problems right. with microtransactions and and content and delivery and stuff like that. I yeah, mean, so it's it's I don't know, man. I mean, well, I, the, I, the I the wish them to be successful. Not yeah, sure, single player story, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 a risky move. I think if they've learned from what they've seen in the industry and they try and implement it in their own way, then they can be successful. We've, but we've had this this kind of conversation on the show before, and uh, I think I said this point, uh, or one of us said this point, but it's it still stands very true as we get closer to Anthem's release, especially people are going to have less patience if this game sucks mm, and true. makes the same mistakes mm. because they've literally watched two companies, Bungie and then Ubisoft, go through all the learning pains with their own team-based looter shooters. So at this point, I would also, like, I, I would honestly lump fallout in that as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's actually a great point. They're, yeah, trying, they're trying very much a live service. It's uh, not game, the like same the game, type. So. Yeah. But it's definitely a live service. Uh, You're right. Platform. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah. Yep, it is. Yeah. But they're it, literally not paying attention to what anyone else did prior. I mean, well, I don't think they, I don't it, think they paid attention to literally fucking anything. I, honestly, I game. think, I think Bethesda has a, has a plan. They have a specific plan that they plan on doing, and they're not. They lose the map to the. Plan? They're not. They're not deviating from <laughs> yeah. this this plan they had, and uh, it seems like it's just par for the course for them. Whatever, whatever they're deciding yeah. at this point. But player true. Feed, I mean, it's, player it's, feedback irrelevant at this point, to, from what I can see. But it's a good point. Like it's it's their it's their take on a massive scale multiplayer. You know, mm-hmm. as a game as a service. So, you know. B- Bioware being the last, you know, major developer to probably create one of these, except for some other developers like Obsidian and things like that. But I don't think they would ever do that, to be honest. Um, so I, I wish them nothing but success. Bioware's, you know, going back ten years ago, the only developer that I really supported and loved because of Mass Effect. But I mean, like, it's the other thing that's going to make it difficult for them is is no one's going to want to hear anything from them because of Mass Effect. Like, think of all of the fans of that game that got left high and dry because of Anthem, Oof. and then Anthem rolls out, and then it's hot garbage. Forget it. They, they might as well hang themselves from the cross. Dude, I, yeah. I, could, I, could. I see a potential future where EA ends up getting rid of Bioware. If this, oh, there's, does, yeah. this doesn't work. And oh, you're announced. absolutely right. You're absolutely Am right. Am I? Okay. All right. I just want to make sure I'm not off base here or anything. But they no, also no. did announce, and they teased Dragon Age Company as well. They so, did. That happened, that happened like two weeks ago. Um, so who knows, who knows where that goes after. This is, this is how it pans out. It's a bet. It's a bet. It's like, don't forget right. about us. <laughs> this is how it pans out. Anthem, Anthem fails, right? Okay. Cool. Anthem fails. EA absorbs Bioware, right? They get rid of cool. it. Mm-hmm. The, the core team of Dragon Age spins off, creates their own studio, posts it on Kickstarter, and we have the next Dragon Age on Kickstarter mm-hmm. for the next three and we'll years. And we'll we'll call it the Inner Worlds because that's what <laughs> that's what Obsidian's doing because they made right. a right. They're making their own Fallout. Listen, no <laughs> chance in hell Dragon Age comes out if Anthem flops. The zero percent chance. Yeah. I mean, they, I, there would be no there would be no reason for it to. I do mean, just, regardless of how successful Dragon Age was as a property, like, do you think that's going to save it after two major flops? Forget it. EA is just a sports and Star Wars company. That's all they're doing. Neo, do you disparage um, Obsidian for going? Not at all. Not at all. It they're making. They're, oh no, it looks amazing. I'm just saying, like, Obsidian wants to make their their RPG adventure game. Without right. the rules of Fallout or whatever and all that right. stuff, so now they're they're doing their own cool take on their open world RPG, and 
Honestly, I love New Vegas, fucking, and it's dude. They did a great yeah. job on fucking New Vegas, and they go really hard into a lot of other like I, I don't play all their games, but they make a lot of like top down like tabletop. Oh, tyr- tyranny! Like, yeah, they do like tyranny a lot of is amazing. RPGs. Yeah, yeah. tyranny so, like, is, is a great game. They know so. what they're doing. I trust them, and I bet it's gonna be awesome. It sounds like Cowboy Bebop and 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 Fallout together. So like, I can't. Can't and honestly, that. it sounds like a it, it looks like a great game to hold over till Beyond Good and Evil Two comes out, which it's is got like ten years. Yeah. Well, sure, but like it's got <laughs> that like same that same vibe, you know, like that space cowboy vibe that that Beyond Good and Evil had, and and the second mm-hmm. one's definitely going for. So, uh, you know, Neo, it, is there it, talk of it being single player or is it? They said it's only service? single player. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. They said they're just making a single player. They even there was an article in the past day or two that was like, "We're not doing any microtransactions. This is just our sing- a single player." Like <laughs> it's funny that no, I'm like I'm not kidding. Companies like literally come out and go like CD Projekt and Obsidian. They're like, "Nope, we're not doing this yeah, in our game." It's I'm like part of the marketing at this point. You. Yeah, yeah, it seriously is. Like, I don't blame I them. Wonder, you know, I wonder for the person sitting in the boardroom making decisions. Like CD Projekt Red sells Witcher 3 and it's a huge success. I don't know how many copies they sold in comparison to Battlefront or an EA game, like a sports game or Destiny the annual or games like that, right? Question. Like whatever. Yeah. I don't know how many. Like I would, I'd be interested to see the statistics. I'm gonna see if but I can like, find them actually while you're while you're talking. Like CD Projekt Red doesn't do anything other than what they do, which is right. amazing single player games, and the the studio but, seems to be successful. Right? I think I think what it comes it down to, to be, is yeah. they're they're making the game that they want to make without any they're not making any concessions for any power Polish higher it. up. Sure. Yeah. So they're essentially they have their they're giving they're giving themselves the freedom to craft the story and the they're they're using all their creative juices without being hindered. And all well, these games that we see are don't turn out the way I, I know mo- me that I hope and I know most people online usually don't like. Right. I, I guess my point is, is like, isn't someone somewhere from a major publisher looking at these studios that are doing this content and thinking, well, why don't we try that? Well, instead my, of trying to hop on this train of microtransaction multiplayer, like it's the only way to make money in this, you know, billion dollar industry. You know? I think I think these companies see the way that those services and systems work. And how it's making a lot of money, and you can see like like I, I'm going to use Fallout uh, 76 as an example again. It seems like that game was almost just like there's like to me there's I feel like there's no soul in the game at all, and it mm. was it's just a open platform with how they can figure out ways to get you to. It's like to a sandbox. It. It's just an open. It's, it's just a sandbox. Yeah. It's like so Gary's they didn't craft like a particularly interesting story on top of the sandbox. There's no, right. there's no creative drive that is pushing you through the game. It's, it's ultimately what you make of it. If you're going to build stuff, if you're going to poke in this corner of the map today and wherever this hollow tape takes you, like that's, that's like how they designed the game. So mm. there's nothing creatively driven from what I see in the game to make it a Witcher three contender, but sure. The way but it's like, designed makes it into a perfect vehicle for like, a storefront or like, or any kind of way to, to keep you in and keep you enticed. Yeah. I, I just like, but Beth- it, it, it interests me that Bethesda takes this route because it's, it is very different for them, you know, like they're, they're another big but, but developer it, that created single player games. I mean, no, like, but it isn't different for their publisher. Who's Denimax. Sure. I mean, right. right. But yeah, but they had one sure elder scrolls online. Great. But like, 
they're known for their single player games. They're known for the problems that their single players game, their games have at rollout, but nonetheless, like think of how utterly popular elder scrolls is and how one game is still being purchased through steam every day. Right? Like, Oh, you're talking about Skyrim. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or even oblivion for Christ's sake. Right? Like fall three in new Vegas. Right. It's just like what I don't understand is the decision to let's pour all of our energy into this, this type of game versus like you, you show a teaser of nothing for elder scrolls six and the crowd like erupts. But no, we're not ready to do that. That's going to be years from now because this is what we're working on now. And it's like I don't I, I just don't understand the thought process. And I guess it's the immediate cash grab. Like, hey, let's mm-hmm. see if we can get some funds. You know, let's get some quick cash. But it obviously isn't working. So I just don't know why we keep going down this path, going down this path, because it, it hasn't worked. So then bring it back, bring it back to Anthem. This that is a definite potential concern that I see with Anthem. Because it sure. seems like, because and and honestly, it's more more because of the publisher than it is Bioware. Like, I, I trash talk Andromeda a lot, and I tried playing it, and I just it didn't catch me, and that's okay. Yeah. People people like it, and that's cool. But um, it it seems to me that EA is more concerned with making. Oh, oh we got to get our live service game out. We got to we got to do this. Yeah. We'll use sure. Bioware because they're good at crafting these these great stories that people love. So we'll just use them to do that. And they're not doing that though with Battlefield Five, right? All the DLCs included with that, right? But Battlefield Five does it in a different way, where I, they're rolling out parts of the game in pieces currently, mm-hmm. and they also have other monetization forms. In oh, the yeah, listen, Battlefield yeah. Battlefield Five is yeah, Battlefield Five is far from a good place. The community yeah. absolutely hates the game. Uh, like, yeah, like it's the, currently the, presenting itself as a live service game, not just like an online multiplayer game with. Some yeah, story. I mean, yeah. In, in terms in terms of Battlefield, like core battlefield players being happy it hasn't happened since four i mean like yeah like people, people people are like nostalgic about four right now yeah i mean like Weird. i was gonna buy four again on pc to play it because i loved four i did not like one i will not buy five until i see what their their battle royale mode looks like and see if it's successful but in terms of like the the people that i follow on twitter the reddits that i that i skim through like the community as a whole for battlefield five is not happy because they are not listening to feedback very similar to what's happening in Fallout 76. Like they're actively doing things opposite of what the community is talking about. And you and you flip that coin to what Bungie has currently been doing, which is literally almost verbatim listening to Twitter and Reddit and doing what people are asking. And that's why they have the player base back. So that's I should jump in here with game. a little with a little news injection. Please do. Today, today Dice uh, actually had a uh, a community announcement today regarding one of the issues that people are having. And that was the time to kill issue. Oh, they've addressed it. Okay. They've addressed it. So, so in a recent patch, they've actually, they actually made this tweak, which upset a lot of people. So I guess they extended the time of time to kill, which it's, it made it more frustrating for more skilled players because they're putting more bullets into a, into a person. But the idea was that as it was supposed to bring the cat, the cat, more casual, more new players, up in uh, up in skill yeah. yeah and and naturally that's the reaction everyone's like what you're just going to change the whole way the game feels to be inclusive to like uh right. like, it's it's literally the problem the that Bungie had. yeah, yeah it was the it's like problem. it's like you try and open you try and open the floodgates to get as many people in and you leave your core player base by the wayside and those are the ones that are going to keep playing it 
Like if we're saying lower the time to kill, then that's what we want. We don't want this mm. like new mechanic that's like trying to reinvent itself. Like it de- how many times in year one did the Bungie community say the time to kill was way too high because it was just scout rifles and like you couldn't have a shotgun in your secondary slot and hand cannons were bugged and like and now the time to kill is extremely low and people love playing crucible in in destiny 2 so you know to hear that people saying you know we want to lower the time to kill and then them responding with no we're going to raise it it just it just means like what are what is what is happening on on that like stream of conversation like why not support your player base it's so strange to me i mean you can see how well it benefits the companies that do especially at this point so that's that's definitely a good question to ask why aren't they paying attention to how beneficial it is like you want you want to make more money in your microtransactions and your in-game like skins listen to the people that are playing it the like, problem is spend, though like i'll like you know what i mean like i won't spend the money but I, hypothetically <laughs> right because i i've never i don't spend money in no game, but that's but, that's the problem they're designing these 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 like monetization systems not for you me and the average person they're des- they're doing it for those two people who will and are willing to spend the, that kind of money they're going for the whales in that. The micro microtransaction yeah. decision starts with the dev, right? It doesn't no, start with the no, publisher. Not usually. Uh, I don't know. That's a hard. To, that's hard to. I mean, we're not sitting in inside development, but yeah. it's usually a publisher. Usually, the publisher is trying to. They're they're trying to capitalize yeah. on on their. I would say so, you know. no, just because it doesn't often start. I mean, it might, but like if if we're looking at averages, I don't think the developer would say, "I'd love to have another way to make money in this game." as a beginning point for development like they're actually they're gonna i'm not sure no i'm not but i would guess that's not part of the initial vision um i'm definitely not not leaning toward the publisher decision on that one yeah you're you're not i mean i mean uh toward a dev decision i'm sorry i'm leaning more toward the publisher decision okay yeah Yeah. i would i would agree i mean it's hard to it's hard to say because don't devs have to build that or yeah do we assume, yeah. do we assume yeah, the, on, the only way they can build it though is is the only way they're building their game is through funding from their publisher. So if the mm-hmm. publisher says you want to build that piece of DLC that's going to be this great story that you love and you've been pouring your heart into, add some costumes, make us some money, mm-hmm. make our money back. Right? Like it, it just makes money, sense. Money, please. It's an assumption. Um, I don't think it's it's too far off base, but we wouldn't know unless we talked to, you know, someone from a AAA studio that that would say that or next time we talk to my brother-in-law, we ask him what his experience has been like, you know, but um, it, it's just, it's, it's funny to see these trends and these parallels in, in the gaming community. And I just don't, I don't know why, like from the watchtower, people aren't looking at other developers and saying, okay, Oh wow. Bungie succeeding again. Look what they're doing with their community outreach, their their Twitter engagement, their Reddit engagement, their own forum engagement, listening to their players and saying, "Oh, why aren't we doing those same things?" Like that's how that's how you get people to laugh. I mean, time, you know, it's to just me, to me that, that tells me that those game companies don't wish to to engage like that. They want they yeah. they are just looking at their games as a vehicle for to make money. Yeah, that, that's what that personally tells me. When they don't engage their community like Warframe does, and like. Like all these other companies try and do, like that tells me that you're you're not in it for when the did, game or the community. When did Dice get absorbed? Was Battlefield oh, Four like the last Dice? No, they've been they've been they've been EA for a long time. Have they? Yeah, yeah, they've been for years. So maybe uh, four. The, so maybe first, three was the last one. No, 
definitely the 1942 was definitely EA. Was it? Pretty pretty sure. Let's see what Dice did before. I was just curious. I I thought it was later on that they got absorbed, but I could be wrong. But anyway, um, wasn't there some news for for Fallout too, or did we hit? There that was already? there was news for Fallout. We did not hit that before because we, before we jump into that, I just want to put a like. Um, that information we were asking about, the Witcher sales numbers, mm-hmm. just to loop back into that one. Oh, you found some. Go ahead. I did. Uh, Witcher 3 sold, uh, by the end of 2017, roughly 10 million copies. And that put the series at 33 million as a whole. Now, when you look at that next to an iterative game like Madden, for example, um, I don't have numbers for 2019, which came out this past August, but 2018 was 4.37 million Madden 17 was 6.43 million. And then it's like seven and a half, seven and a half, six point one. So so Witcher by 2017, when did it launch? 2015? This was let me go back to the Witcher page. was in 2015. Yeah. Right. So in two years, they, Witcher sold 10 million copies. Yeah. They sold uh four million copies within the first two weeks. Jesus. So it was it was a real big front load on that. So, but 10 million in two years, and you just said yeah. an iterative game in two years made about Oh, I'm sorry. Million. I'm sorry. March 2016 was when they hit 10 million. So, a year. A year, yeah. Okay. And Madden in a year sold four, 4.5. Yep. Yeah, but if you think, okay, so you, you break that out against NHL, you break that out against FIFA, right? Like three sports games a year, you're looking at 12 million copies a year. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean they're making more money. They're selling yeah. more copies because they're so. But funny enough, today this is also breaking news uh, as of this morning. Uh, a bunch of player numbers of play of PS4 players have been leaked, so you can see the exact number of people who are playing every game currently. Wow, wow. interesting. Yeah. So like like there are now there's now like companies don't release it. There's now hard data of like. Everyone, who, how, everyone who's playing yeah, on PS4. How active these communities are. Funny what's enough, the, what's you, the most active? It's Grand Theft Auto Five. Wow, interesting. 50, Fifty-one million players on PS4. On PS PS4. Holy yep. shit! I never would have guessed that at this point. Not can at you this guess, point. No. Can you guess what is in the second, third, and Super fourth position? Second, second, third, and third, fourth? and fourth. Yeah. How can it have this is multiple great. spots? Fort Think about it. Night second. Fortnite, Third. Fortnite, and Fortnite. Destiny no, it's, one, it's, two, and it's FIFA eighteen, seventeen, and sixteen. Oh, no fucking way! I know, I, I know. I, and those I are believe really FIFA more than I believe Grand Theft Auto. Not that I don't, I believe it, obviously, but like no, I can Gra- see Grand it. Grand Theft Auto was on top of the charge for pretty much since it came out. On I know, but we're almost to two thousand nineteen at this point. Well, that's and that's why everyone's trying to make a game like a service because Grand Theft Auto yeah. still got the fucking high, highest player base that exists. Yep. yep, and it's it's insane. Here's a uh, sandbox, but it's just like what they need to understand. Like what developers and publishers need to understand about Grand Theft Auto is it was a happy accident. Like mm-hmm. they had a game that naturally transitioned to an open sandbox. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, do you get that like train of thought? Like Grand Theft Auto as a game made sense to then just open up the city and say, "Do what you want." Right. Right, mm-hmm. because like it just made sense to the property. Like when you try and do that to something like Fallout, like years later, it just doesn't make it just doesn't make sense. Right, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just 
like ah, fuck i just fucking wish i could be in a room and point these people in the right direction just it's, really do. it's crazy how out of touch if it is only sometimes. they'll look at you though and go but is it going to make us more money than last year and that's and that's ultimately where i that's think the question yeah that's the that's the question that they're asking not necessarily not necessarily the question you want to ask which is probably like will this make it a better game or product it's just the that they run? right yeah. you're right it's just that they search for these like to your point, these whales. Like no one saw Fortnite coming, mm-hmm. but it but it happened. Mm-hmm. But like, you, Fortnite, you don't. You Fortnite don't. works because it's a good game first, and they're constantly right. They're constantly giving it I'm, a fluff up. They're constantly you right. know, giving it a little little pat on and, the back all the time. And that's what I'm get. That's what I'm getting at is that no one saw it coming, and it came and it was successful because of what it capitalized on and the fact that it was a good game. You don't then clone Fortnite and be as successful as Fortnite. So no. instead of trying to create something new in a, in a genre that already exists or redefine completely, like you're not going to be successful. Like, yeah, maybe Obsidian creating their own action RPG type game, adventure game, will be super successful because it's what they've wanted to create and it will be a good game first. Absolutely. But when you try and mimic and you don't foundationally have a great game, that's when they flop. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, what will what remains to be seen for Anthem. Can I do a little side segue into the news? Please. Re- in a related topic. Uh, so over the weekend, a Heroes of the Storm blog post popped up mm. uh, announcing that they are it's, – it's pretty much this whole long letter – but they they announced that they are canceling all of their 2019 tournaments, everything coming up. So all their esports are now effectively canceled. Heroes of the Dorm and uh, something Champions, uh, G- Heroes Global Championship. Mm. They'll be they're canceled and they're scaling down the dev team of uh, the Heroes of the Storm development essentially. So they're scaling it back. Now yeah, this is gotta... this is coming hot off the heels of their BlizzCon. And their Diablo announcement that didn't go so well, and their talk of restructuring all of their studios to be more mo- mobile oriented. Yeah. So 100%. this is this is a this is a uh, almost in a similar vein. This is a company that is restructuring itself to try and I want to say adapt, but at the same time, it's I feel as though it's distancing itself from what made it great. I would agree in that agree. in that sense. Yeah. I think it's also hemorrhaging money because of that game you're wearing a hoodie for. Like, <laughs> like it's not. It's it, not Overwatch. It's not Overwatch. <laughs> I, I honestly believe. I honestly believe that. I actually never heard that before. Well, my my thought is, and this is all, this is all purely hypothetical in my own opinion. But I yeah. don't think it's panning out to be as big of a success as Blizzard thought it was going to be. Like their pro league, and the yeah. amount of funding that their pro league takes with this whole like cities have sports team bullshit that they tried to fucking create yeah, like they push they pushed the overwatch dude i, like I it, was thinking back after i read this article i thought back to the times we talked on this show about how they were opening up the the overwatch esports league we yeah. talked about this we, we did talked talk about, about how this it, yeah. was like a cool thing that was like it opened doors for gaming and becoming more taken more seriously. We we had this conversation. It was a cool yeah, idea. Was the first were, thing I talked about. There were even of. like places yeah. like actual bars in Philadelphia. They were packed watching these these events. But think Dude, about it now. Like no one talks about it. No one. No, really I, is on I it. clicked on it the other day um, just to see, and like the the player count on Twitch was 
was relatively low. I mean, it still had thousands of people watching, but like, like at the height of successful esports, like you have near hundred thousand people watching you play, and right. Overwatch League had nothing near that, maybe twenty thousand. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, so they must be bleeding money from that esports and and Overwatch as a whole. Like I don't know their their player count right now, but I would imagine that it's diminished over time. It's a yeah, great probably. game. Don't get me wrong. I think it was but, an amazing. But popularity game. wanes. It happens. But yeah. it wanes. It does. Yeah. And and I think like they need to think about as a company how to continue to be successful. And I don't think Heroes of the Storm was that for them. No, I think they had, I, I think they had they a huge player on the wall for Heroes. I think yeah, they I were mean, like, I, okay, this is definitely our weakest link in our current correct. lineup. And we're spending a lot of money doing these events and it's right. it's ultimately not working out for us. So we and have it's to not, scale it's, back. Yeah. It never competed against League. It never competed no. against Dota. Dota. Like it, it no. just didn't. Like they tried and people loved it. Like Channing. Channing loved to play Heroes. Didn't I he? love playing it. I played. You know, like played it, it. Yeah. it's not my genre. Mobas yeah. are not my thing. Strategy games are not my thing. But I probably would have gone into that above any other one. But I would agree. I think they took a look at the list of properties and said, "You know what? It hurts, but we gotta let this go. We just have to do it." So I'm clear. It started as Warcraft three. Then someone yeah. created Defense of the Ancients. That was a mod. Yep. That was a mod for that. Yep. Then somebody created Defense of the Ancients 2. So Valve bought the rights to the name of the mod and uh-huh. then created Dota 2. Yes. But that but before that yeah. was League of Legends. Correct. Arianet created, created a game off the mod, yeah. Off the mod. Yeah. And then they were like, fuck you, you can't be taking our IP and doing cool shit. We want to do cool shit. So they bought the rights to Dota 2 and made Dota 2. And then finally Heroes of the Storm was what? Heroes That's of the Storm Blizzard's was Blizzard's. MOBA. Blizzards, yeah, they're not even the same company. They, yeah, not, Got it. Yeah, Heroes cool. of the Storm came out sure. way after. Mm-hmm. Right, well, Heroes of the Storm after. was relatively yeah. new in comparison to. Yes, yeah, so that was Blizzard's Dota. attempt at, at at a MOBA that was already high. Yeah, and, and look, and 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 the popularity wanes between Dota two and League. I mean, I think Dota has probably a League more is, loyal fan base, but League probably gets more viewers. To be they honest. get they get more numbers as well for sure. Um, and just to be clear, Dota and League and even Defense of the Ancients, they were all a one-type style like match, top-down match, where you're, you got lanes to defend. That's like how the game works. But Heroes of the Storm took that, created multiple maps, and ultimately you are just going from one side with multiple lanes in different settings and different objectives in the map. So it was like they took a, what was a static formula for Dota and League, and they made it into a more dynamic thing, which was their that was their 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 take to get the MOBA genre. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it was it was too late to break into it. It's this it's this trying to to strike lightning in a bottle, you know, like and it's just it's it's not the right decision. What would have been the right decision at that time would have been, okay, let's put all of our energy into Diablo three or let's put all of our energy into the next Diablo. But instead we do this stupid fucking thing where we listen to people in a boardroom to say, oh no, 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 we need to get a MOBA. Do you see what Dota's doing? Do you see what League yep. is doing? No, we need a MOBA. We're Blizzard. There's this great Warcraft. We yeah. have to do it. You There's know? this great article on Kotaku right now that is, it's pretty much the like past, present, and future of Diablo. Really great article. Mm. Fantastic. They talked about how after the second, ex- the first expansion of Diablo 3 came out, they ultimately scrapped the second expansion that they were working on because they didn't feel like that this was a product worth putting more time into. Gotcha. So they ended up releasing the Necromancer DLC, like I guess a year and a half later, because that was something that was supposed to be in the DLC. And they ultimately mm. were like, well, we're gonna, we made this thing, we're going to release it. We can sell it for a little bit more, but 
yeah, ultimately they they move priorities to these other pro- these yeah. other projects. And Necromancer was huge for the community that was playing Diablo Three, Dude, wasn't it? Like people loved, loved it. Necromancer was my character in two, so hell yeah, right. I was right. ready. So it's just, it's just like weird. <laughs> it's just thinking with a wallet and listening to those above yeah. instead of listening to the community, like chasing numbers, yeah. trying to capitalize on trends. And never pan. Also, out. why I got I got pretty like upset when I heard we talked about this before, but the whole gamer entitlement thing when the guy was like, "Is this an April Fool's joke?" to the to the Blizzard Eternal announcement. Right. Remember that was like a whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "Well, is he entitled or is he just trying to sp- like? Yeah, he's being a dick for sure." But is he just trying to like convey this isn't this as your PC community that is Blizzard at your con- convention? This isn't at what we want as the community, and everyone mm-hmm. agreed with him in the room. Like there was, you know, there were cheers and memes and all that good stuff from right. it. Yeah, because they bought a fucking ticket to the concert, and the mm-hmm. concert was some awesome death metal, and then they walk out and it was fucking One Direction. Like, one Direction, that. man. It ruins everyone's day. They were like, don't bring out One Direction when we wanted fucking, you know, some Nor- Norwegian black metal. Fuck you. Absolutely. I totally, totally agree with metal. you. I paid for black it, metal. It, I want black all, metal. It all comes down to not not listening to the people that play your game. That's yeah. really what it is. And yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess they still make a little bit of money, right? But like... Uh, long-term viability for for fans of a studio comes from listening to the people that support your studio so for sure yeah and this this makes me even more curious and excited to see what happens when battlefield releases their battle royale because because (laughs) now they're the last ones to do this because Call of Duty, I want to say, was mildly, it was pretty successful. It is a pretty, it, it's yeah. sold like gangbusters. I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually really surprised at the amount of people that have flopped back to PUBG. Right. Well, because they have their snow map out now, which I hope yeah. we can, we can try at some point. That would yeah. be fantastic. I would love to get in on that. But Blackout came out pretty damn successful. Now here's, here's Battlefield pulling up the rear. Is is the lightning over? Is the is the is the flash like Fortnite's taking all the air in the room? You know they're um, they're sucking up all the air. Does Battlefield even have a chance now that Blackout and PUBG are out there as well? Like it, even with Anthem, they're an, they're trying to occupy an already if, occupied space. If as well. they do the yeah. right thing in the right way, yeah, of course. I yeah, mean, it all it comes back to our original point that like baseline good game yeah. first, right? Like baseline, the, base, the, that is my motto. Like baseline. the like the the genre of battle royale will always be popular because it's this mm-hmm. adrenaline pumping game mode that resets itself every either 5 minutes when you die instantly or 30 minutes when you win the game and at whether you lose instantly or win it's like oh fuck no i need to play another one like how oh, many yeah. times when we've been playing pubg we're like okay last one, one and just then we play more. then we play nine more games it's, of like mm, that because you just simply can't stop so yeah. yes they could be successful potato chips the right video now game. it is mm-hmm. like yeah mm-hmm. right bet you can't just have one right mm-hmm. i think like mm-hmm. they can be successful will they be it doesn't prove to be like accurate right now with how they're responding to their community um so i don't i don't know um, I hope so. I, it's what I've wanted for a long time. I have no idea where we're at with that. To be perfect, I, got it. I was hoping. I was hoping Trip did. I did. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Okay. Cool. cool. Um, um, what were you going to say, Felix? Well, I was just going to say, like, uh, and I, I, I'm not. I don't think I'm beating a dead horse, but like, 
we had a conversation. I can't remember if it was on the show last week or if it was just like in Discord or like wherever we were. But I was going on and on and on about my subjective feelings on a game. And then... Was it Fallout 76? Yeah, we were talking about Fallout 76, okay. but I was talking about my subjective feelings on the game. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else was like, no, it's about their, their approach, the community approach, how they're dealing with their community, how they're dealing with their community. But then we've just round robin back to it's also how good the game is, right? Mm-hmm. So here I am, a member of the I'm conflicted because I'm a member of the community. I'm happy with the game. I don't feel I'm getting like shisted by people. But that doesn't count because there's a shit ton of people who are just reading news clickbait and are getting fucking flamed mad about this shit for no fucking reason. And that's bringing the game down. Now, barring from the conversation, of course, all their bad business decisions that they've been fucking making, like with the security leak and the fucking bag gate and like all that shit. Like, we don't even have to use Fallout 76 as as an example because they're fucking doing a bunch of bullshit. It's tainted water. Battlefield 5, better example. Just today I was watching a video. A shit ton of people in that community are not mad about the fucking performance of the game. They're pissed off that there are girls in Battlefield 5. Like, I experienced this firsthand the other day. I played it for an entire week. Finally played the multiplayer. And this is legit, dude. I'm not complaining. I think it's interesting. But it is interesting in a jarring way to hear women screaming on the battlefield. It's super strange. Now, I'm not reacting poorly to it. I think it's adding to my experience to to hear something new and interesting when I play a war game. But there are people in this world who are of a more of a narrow mind just reacting to that completely negatively. Well, I feel like it takes them out of their war experience. But then, I guess that's right, the idea, right? Then the, then the community like responded to it, and they got upset. And the reaction from the battlefield guys were like, "That's the way it is. Just deal with it." Pretty which much, is, yeah. which is them reacting against their community because their yeah, community is like, "Fuck this." You're conflating. Like, listen, there's there, you're you're talking about a specific example of some misogynistic misogynistic behavior from a part of the community as a parallel to them not listening to the problem that's inside of their game like base game of high time to kills like poor matchmaking quality whatever it may be you i don't play the game so i can't give you all the details but like you saying that they don't listen to their community because people are upset that there's women in the game good that they're not listening to that part of the community that's not what we're talking about it's the same way for quality of the game yeah Yeah. and it's the same way for fallout like you can enjoy it i'm sure there's people that enjoy battlefield but at, at the at the end of the day if the engagement of the developer does not exist with the community that's there then that is that is the argument, right? It's like you you playing right? you playing Fallout seventy six and enjoying your time. That's a great thing, right? Like right. we me still enjoyed Destiny one, even though I can even complained about it. I still played it and I enjoyed it. Uh-huh. But like, I think it is completely valid for people to read articles, go on forums, watch gameplay, and make a decision about the game, even though they haven't played it. Like the reason why we even have Twitch is because a lot of people wanted to see games before investing their money. Oh, in yeah. them, right. Oh, so, yeah. so like, I don't think the point of, I have to play the game to make an argument whether or not it's good or bad is really valid. Um, but I think it's, it's good that you as a 
fan of the series, as a fan of the developer, are enjoying it because that's a good counterpoint to all of the negativity that surrounds it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What were you going to say, Trip? I think it's so important that we observe how developers are interacting with the people that play their games and how they change and modify and, and respond and and kind of create this this standard of of communication because I don't think games are ever going to go back to the way that they were on any kind of massive scale no. where you just you shipped a game boom on to the next one like games are always going to live now people want their games to live and even if you have a single player experience it's going to get updated it's going to get patched it's going to get fixed and people may like those patches they may not like those patches and that's going to be a feedback opportunity and we're in that world now and there's no going back because now you can do that you can ship a fix to a game to everyone's consoles and it just it's amazing and it's magic but that changes how the player base engages so if we if we don't kind of hold these companies accountable to certain different things uh there's they're just going to do whatever they want and to certain mm-hmm. things they should to certain things they shouldn't but i think it's a really important conversation to have and it's interesting to watch these different communities kind of discuss these things and how they approach the problems and how the developers come back with their own solutions I personally think that a lot of that that whole battlefield stuff that went on around like the pre-launch of it, I feel like that was just muddling the the PR nature of the point that people were trying to get across. And then there are the assholes that that, that rise to the top that get ultimately the biggest voice, oh, for which sure. ultimately right, sure. kind of yeah. kind of brings that whole the whole message down. But um, yeah, and then but honestly, it was honestly Dice Dice's reaction to all that that honestly bothered me more. They were they were almost like laughing, like "Aha, this is what they think. This is this is our game. We're gonna ship it how how we feel like it." And all power to them. They're they're more than welcome to do that. But if they're just gonna outright insult some of the people that like have supported games for years, that that ultimately doesn't look good for them either. Um, well, if you're insulting misogynist, I'm okay with that. But your point yes, your point sure. stands. Your point stands. Like it's right. It's, it's dangerous kind of to i guess bite the hand that feeds you which is a what it can bit, come back I'd to say. and i know i know sales are not doing battlefield so hot right now so like uh, like i'm i'm curious like i like i like watching all these like little chess pieces move and i'm curious if that's either like a direct relation to that or like if it's just that no one wants a battlefield right now like that could definitely be it like if that's why sales are down and they got the they got their it didn't have it didn't have yeah. the battle royale at launch, so maybe people are like, maybe we won't do it yet. Like, I'm so, I'm I so lost. Call of Duty, on, you know, I'm so lost on whether I should actually dislike this fa- faster time to kill thing because I don't know. Have you how much of the multiplayer have you played? A lot, and I'm playing it, and I can actually shoot people in the head and kill them. And shoot people, shooting people in the head is is besides the point. You kill people when you shoot them in the head. That's not that has nothing to do with time to kill. Time to kill has everything to do with the amount of shots that it takes to kill someone when you're not hitting them in the head. If I shoot someone with a sniper rifle in the face, they die even if there's a high or low time to kill. Right? Right. So so time to kill has everything to do with body shots and everything but shooting in the face. So the so fact I that- have, if I have an LMG and it takes me eight ticks to kill you, meaning I put eight bullets into you before you die, that's a problem to someone playing a what is supposed to be a realistic World War II representation. No one takes eight bullets from an LMG before they die. No, no, yeah. no I get it. And are you saying that that's how this game's playing? Or the opposite? If that, 
if that's what if they're, I think he was just giving yeah. an example of, of. Oh no, no, I was asking what he had if he had heard that. No, I mean if they're raising the time to kill, that's what they would do because oh. it, in any game that has a high time to kill, like in Destiny, when the the time to kill was extremely high, if I had a sniper rifle and I shot you in the head, you died. It had nothing to do with individual damage types to weapons, yeah. But it's everything to do with body. Body shots. And it's it's an issue because it changes the way you play the game. And using the Destiny example, people weren't having like a moment to shine. They weren't able to engage on their own. And people were just hanging together in packs and in teams because that was the only way to kill people quickly. He would just get team shot walking around a corner. And that changed the dynamics of like a competitive environment. On Friday, I did a six hour stream, I think. And in that time period, I felt like, based on your definition, Locke, time to kill is much quicker in that game for for headshots and body shots like it's, okay. um and that's that's just six hours of playing that's not like sure playing well, i mean it's like, six more hours than i have so but i'm comparing it to my battlefield one experience when i sh- sure I, I avoided the recon class the sniper rifle class and the the medic class because in battlefield one because the medic class had long rifles and whenever i would shoot people it would be a waste of my time because I'd shoot and they wouldn't die. Mm-hmm. And then I would have to shoot again and I'd be dead before I had a chance to, yeah. to do anything. Yeah. So in this game, all the classes seem better to me because I can actually kill people. And I'm, I, I was enjoying myself. Well, for, from a competitive side of things, the reason why high time to kill is never looked at as a good thing is, is because it rewards bad players. Oh, got it. Right, Thank you. Like, that's me. <laughs> if, if there's, if there's, no, oh, no. If there's high time to kill, that means that my aim needs to be perfect for longer, right? Uh-huh. Because in a game with a low time to kill, for example, we'll use we'll use the pinnacle gun in Destiny Two right now, Luna's Howl. It takes three shots, two headshots, and one single shot to kill someone with a time to kill of half a second, right? Point six second point sixth of a second right i only have to land those three shots and if my aim is really good then i can kill them almost instantaneously i get rewarded for my aim in a game with a high time to kill something with scout rifles that takes six body shots seven body shots to kill someone that means that i need to land those shots repeatedly and there's more room for error because I can poke and hit and poke and hit or I can miss and there's not many repercussions. You're not rewarding the aim that someone would have with a lower time to kill. And that's why a community as a whole of core players that love to play the game, those are usually the best players, they want the most competitive version of the game because you get those hero moments back, right? Yeah. It happened when, when Trip and I were playing comp earlier today in Destiny. Like I had a round where I turned it around and killed a bunch of people and won us the round because I got rewarded for my skill, not penalized for being better than other people and it, and it leaning towards the casual, not that it's a bad thing. And I don't think what I'm talking about has anything to do with your experience in battlefield, to be honest, but I think it's just it, the high time to kill is always a solve to try and get more people to enjoy the content and it never, it never works. It doesn't. No, I'm picking up what you're laying down now. I completely understand it because I'm not particularly a great aim. And if I've been able to kill people faster, then <laughs> it's like it's a thing that's existed forever. Like every Halo 
has gotten significantly worse from the first Halo in terms of multiplayer action. You want to know the reason? Because the first one had a hand cannon that could three-tap you in under a second. And the second one came out with a battle rifle that was slightly slightly higher in terms of time to kill than something like the 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 pistol from the first one. And then the third one mm. came out, and then they chose the way that it mapped bullets and got away from hit scan to something where there was individual pellets, and the time to kill went even higher. And as each game came out, less and less people played the fucking game because it wasn't as competitive as the one before it. But the player base, Halo 3, was the most successful in terms of players. It was the best esports that they ever had. More people watched it, more sponsorships. It went mainstream and went into to, uh, USA Network. Um, and that's because it opened up to the casual right but in terms of core player base it didn't it didn't exist in terms of competitive nature so i it, i'm conflating but it it really boils down to at least what i would summarize from our conversation tonight which is like listening to the people that play your game instead of trying from from the high tower to try and lure people into it with microtransactions and easier time, whatever it may be, it, it just doesn't work. Yeah, so I really trick. hope, I really hope 2019 brings the year where where developers realize their mistakes. Sure, hope so. Very nice and end rant. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a great conversation had. I'm glad that we're having that one because. As you know, I always come on come on here with a soapbox, so sure and ready <laughs> to go. I'm but, with you. Yeah, I mean it's it's it is frustrating. Like 2019 has been a great year, and I hope soon we'll have our game of the year discussion. If you guys if you guys are willing, yeah, we should do ready. That, uh, we should do it next week, honestly. E- mm. Either either that on next week's next week's Christmas. So and oh, then New Year's. So yeah. maybe maybe we rock the in in the new year with that with that episode because I'm yeah. I'm all I'm all okay with that. That's what we normally do. Normally, yeah, that's totally cool. Just- just post of the year, we, we normally do it. So, I mean, 2019 had a lot of really good games, but on the whole, honestly, again, like last like last year, I, I have found more enjoyment from the smaller games right. and the ones that actually, like, like tried to, pr- like, promise me, like, a, like, it promised me a good time, if you know what I mean, like God of War. Mm-hmm. Like, that game was mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're going to have fun doing this. No, no bells and whistles attached. Like, this is, this is going to be a game and you're going to, you're going to love the whole ride. Um, right. And even yeah, so and like that. I mean, like I hope so. I hope you're right. I hope 2019 no, dude, is like I'm, gonna kill it. I'm uh, I've been playing Stardew Valley, like still Stardew consistently. Valley. But uh, last week or yeah, between our last show and today, I picked up uh, Desert Child on the Switch. Have you guys seen like anything I about this game? Play, I saw you pop into that when I was playing Smash oh, yeah? Man. Yeah, yeah. I saw you pop into that. That's a really fun, weird game. You're like go on, uh, like a like a kid who goes to Mars to race this hover motorcycle thing, and you have to earn money in between your races to do things like fix your bike to get your hunger down. Cause they all have different effects within the race. Like if your if your hunger's too high, your, your mm-hmm. boost doesn't come back or you can't boost enough. And if your bike is damaged, you can't, uh, can't recover as quickly. Little things like that. You can equip it with wow. different guns and weapons. But then in the meantime, you walk around this, like it doesn't look like Mars at all. It looks like, it looks like fucking long beach in LA, but like it's supposed to be on Mars, right? You're walking around this, like the Marina and the docks and like the shops and you can pop in and buy some new tracks. All the tracks are done by real artists. Um, and it's really so, cool. It's got a, such a cool vibe and it's all like, like pixelated. It's not like really, like really eight bit or 16 bit. It's like a weird modern version of just like, 
if you took a picture of something and made it pixelated, that's kind of what it reminds me of. But it's like, it's, pretty, it's such a cool, just weird little so game to play. I watched a trailer of it. And have you ever seen the opening of Cowboy Bebop? Uh, I have actually, I haven't watched a show, oh, you, but I, yeah, it's, you guys, it's got that, that, I know what you're talking about with the visual it, it, vibe. Of it, it does like a noir jazzy kind of vibe on yeah. like a lot of like the parts of it. It, it. And like a lot of it, like reminded me honestly of the opening of Cow Bebop yeah. and just I'm like actually, the style and funk of it. Uh, I'm going to tweet the trailer right now for anyone that's watching or even if any of you guys want to pop it in and take a look at it. It's very cool. Just very like very vibey and you can pop it's it in. It's, it's got a lot of style. Two seconds. Yeah. So the racing is the, is the core gameplay, but the exploration is kind of fun too. And like, even if I want to earn some money, but don't really want to like engage in a race, I could like go to the pizza shop and deliver pizzas in the same format. Like you race in the side scrolling way, but you're throwing pizzas at people instead of actually like shooting your weapon and being engaged in an actual race. It's a cool way. They've, they've like, differentiated the play style while keeping it along the same lines. Mm. It's fun. It's a fun little break from destiny. Cause that's like the life game. <laughs> that's good. I was, right. I was, I was, I was getting it. worried. I'm getting worried about you. You trip me. Why? What do you mean? You're going to worry <laughs> yeah. about me? I don't, I don't know, man. You're just, you know, I just want to see you play, you know, spread look, your wings. Look, I got shit I mean, to got, do for sure. He's got, he's game. got triumphs to I get. I got milestones unlocked, dude. to do. You know, I'm going to be in there with Anthem. I never pull you away. You know, I'm going to be there with Anthem checking that shit out too. I was watching uh, Diamond Jab play Mutant Year Zero. I hadn't dude, heard mm-hmm. of it. Dude, I was just I literally just alt tabbed because I've had his stream open for a little bit. And this it game looks really the game cool. looks amazing. Yeah. It looks real good. I've never heard of it. But never, he said it's based on a, a board game. Yeah, I mean this he, is their first uh, it's just I mean we video. just keep reproving our point that like the reason why you enjoy playing these games in this game that you just mentioned is because this developer created something that they wanted to create mm-hmm. and just did it right. And like to to Diamond's point earlier, like he mentioned it when I hopped in his stream right before we started recording. Like he said, this is the most fun he's had playing a game in a long time. Sans the, the rating with us in Destiny, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's because he's playing a game that he wanted to play from a developer that built a game that they wanted to build, and like it. We're in these complicated times. To Trip's point earlier, where we're not going back to the old way in terms of mm-hmm. like the industry, but there will always be a developer creating something. I think that that's they part of to it. create. These you know? kind of feel like that. These little indie games, it captures that feeling. Like we we know we're living in a triple A world where we're being sold these experiences that we're supposed to invest in. You know, mm-hmm. and everyone everyone picks their their platform of choice, kind of like picking your sports team or or whatever you align with, you know. But like you, mm-hmm. you dive into the indie story, you're like, oh, this game looks so cool, or I love the soundtrack, or I love this playstyle, and that's like the spark, the spark of that like yeah. magical video game feeling. Right. So I'm that's so I'm treating Hyperlight Drifter and even Celeste, which you which you honestly uh, trip. I think you would really really dig. Celeste. I, I've looked at Celeste a lot, and I I would love to to dive into it. It's it's that was a that was a contender for Game of the Year. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? An indie game like that contender yeah. against God of War, Red Dead, dude. Yeah, it's it's, it's worth che- it's worth yeah. checking out. Um, I do think, and like even Hyperlight Drifter, that's a great game that I can just pick up on the like like whenever I don't have to I don't have to devote myself to it. I'm, it's not asking me for more money. It's it's right. great. It's right. great. It's exactly. just it's just telling me a story, and I get to enjoy it. It's amazing. Hmm. Totally. Yeah, man. Um. Oh, it was good talking to you guys. It was, it was a good. real good natural conversation today. I enjoyed the hell. Can, out of can it. I just can I just say one thing? Always, Felix, Always, dude. Yeah. 
Felix, I I was in the I was in the play test for for Anthem, and I I can disclose that I have the NDA up here, and I I looked, but I wanted you to know that. I wanted Good. You to know. Don't break your NDAs. I I'm not. You. It says I'm a, slight flex. It says I'm allowed to. I'm allowed <laughs> to say that I'm in the, I'm in the the uh, play test. So uh, well, I wasn't allowed I to say it. that that I knew the ending of like uh, Survivor Fiji. Oh really? Uh, yeah. If I, I signed a contract and it said in the you contract that they could sue me for five million if I revealed. <laughs> oh wow, that's insane! Yeah. Five million. My fucking hand was shaking when I was signing it. That's Dude, how fucking the worst. Did I you was. see the worst thing that happened to someone that's told on on Anthem or that that streams their their gameplay of Anthem? You see what happened to this guy? I never. I didn't see the repercussions. No, I, I saw it. that they like got so. This guy, I, I was in like the Twitter threads that day, the day the play testing were going on, and this one guy was like, "Yo, here's my Twitter. I'm streaming it." And then the first reply was was like, dude, you don't want to do that. That yeah. is, you are breaking a NDA. It's very serious. And live on his stream, he got booted from what he was doing and got kicked out of Origin, reopened Origin, and all of his games are gone. They just no. they stripped him of his library. Whoa. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, dude. That's amazing. All gone. They're like, well, you broke our agreement, and this is what happens. It's our platform. Honestly, so. good for them, dude. I mean, yeah, Fuck you gotta be guy. careful about Fuck that. that shit, dude. I have no patience for that. That's crazy, dude. It's yeah. tough because you you open. I think me and Diamond were talking about this. You open up the the floodgates to people that that want to get involved in this shit, but they're not part of any kind of like developmental software world. So the concept no. of these things, even if they get the concept of an NDA, they don't really understand in practice. It's a legal, how it's a binding legal this. agreement, pretty much. Yep. Is what you're, is what mm-hmm. it is, yeah. And you just see so many instances of just, ugh, just the worst. But I can promise. Before it. I said that, I I went and I looked on the NDA, so I'm going. I'm you're, good. Be, you're being very good, Nia. Be very careful. I don't want to lose my Titanfall two and Battlefield one. Don't do it, man. Don't you know? do it. Yeah, that's you good. Don't lot, do you guys uh, want to talk about this last piece of news? No, I think we can. I think we're good. All right. I mean, unless you want to mention it, I mean, it's not. I'm gonna mention. It's it's kind of big. Uh, there's six weeks before uh, Kingdom Hearts three comes out, and the whole game leaked. Big uh, copies were getting early, and then someone uploaded images on on your favorite pirate website. Mm. So Mm-mm-mm. people can now play the game, um, and that sucks. And I'm really sorry about the people who waited so long, and I feel bad for the developers who. <sighs> Who put all the time into this game, which has been what more than ten years in the making? Yeah. Oh God. Sounds about right for this fucking game. People that to be want honest. to play this are not going to play this early. Yeah. No. I. I didn't. I haven't read a single thing. I won't mm-hmm. touch the pirated copy. No. You no. Know, like it. But it, it. It is frustrating, nonetheless, for from a development standpoint and from people that put in their life into making this game. Yeah. Uh, for it to get leaked, but I mean. That's them's to breaks with dealing with the internet. Yeah. yeah, and this is this is hot off the heels of uh, I think it was Tabata just left. I think from Final Fantasy 15. He did. Yeah. The director. Yes, the director yes. of and 15. they canceled the rest of the DLC. Correct, that they canceled wasn't, the like, DLC. Ready yeah, to go. they canceled the DLC. So Weird. that's a shame. And and I I thought for some reason that guy was connected to both this game and 15. Am I doing that in my head? Um, you might be there. There was a, uh, I don't think it was Tabata. Um, there was a director was it, that they was shared. Was it Tetsuya Nomura or whatever? It, it might have been Nomura. Yeah. Okay. Just, just, I'm we're, sorry. I decided to get my, my director. We're good. Organized. We're good at, at the people that do the things that we have a podcast about. 
I mean, it's hard. I mean, <laughs> Square Enix has a lot of shakeups. I'm telling you, they, yeah, they really do. Though. So it's hard to honestly keep track of a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I try. I try really hard. And oh, I was almost you do. Never it, mind. It, it comes through. Yeah. It shines. But yeah, so that was that was a big thing that happened. I believe that was yeah that was reported today, as well. So that was a big big busting news story. Right. Yeah, it's a yeah. shame. It it is, but it doesn't affect I mean, me because I'm not I'm not invested in the Kingdom Hearts stuff. So yeah, but, I'm I'm so far disconnected from it. I was such a I, big fan of it. A new trip growing was up, but, so of uh, fifteen. Yeah, trip. You're still no no. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. Oh, you, you're still you're you're playing Kingdom Hearts next uh, month. Well, here's the thing. So I Uh-oh. I got I got the full collection right. Yeah, and um, I started splitting my time. From Destiny, Kingdom Hearts like January is that what's happening? Yeah, you know, I'm gonna start another <laughs> fucking event for this game. Um, and I, I, well, I'm on the Hercules world of the first game, and I wanted to play all of this shit before the new one came out, like splitting my time. But this is before I realized, or before anyone realized, how Black Armory was going to kind of dole out content. Oh, and uh, like it sucked me in. <laughs> Here's the other up. thing. Here we are. I mean, I put over a hundred hours into kingdom hearts one and two back in the day. Like it, it doesn't age lot. well. Yeah. And it doesn't age well. No, it really doesn't like story wise and stuff. It's, great. It's still great. But mechanics yeah. kingdom hearts one is a slog with the gameplay mechanics. Yeah. Like cameras rough. The cameras camera is rough. fucking yeah. so bad. Yeah, dude. And I loved doing all of the bosses inside the hercules arena like i mm-hmm. thought that was an amazing idea Dude, back then beating sephiroth but, felt so good but like oh, I, and even the giants after that even beating yeah. the ice giant after that like having to parry his attacks for ever to beat mm-hmm. him like but it just doesn't age to what it was yeah. and to play three i i mean i'll probably end up playing three it might be the first game that i get on the playstation in a long time i'll watch a youtube cut of all of the important story elements yeah. and just do it that That's way. That's a good idea. It's, it's a mean, huge undertaking. It really is. The remaster looks gorgeous. I'll give it that. But yeah, they haven't really updated the control scheme. I, I was very surprised yeah. they didn't give you options to change certain things around. And even as I was playing, there were certain like hangups with interact buttons and jump buttons and how they had the layout just permanently set. And I'm like, this is not how people right. play games now. Right. It's, it's vastly different. Changing you know? your camera angles with your shoulder buttons. Like, dude, come on. It's not... All right, trip. trip, that ain't trip. It, let me ask. Let me ask you this, trip. Okay. Would you Would you take a break? Like, let's say not Kingdom Hearts, but would you take a break from Destiny for Resident Evil Two, the remake? I mean, I would. Do yeah. you want to disappoint Kevin Oates? Like, that's what I'm really oh, asking. Oh my god. Do you want no. Do you want to disappoint Kevin Oates? I probably but plan it, on Resident playing Evil it. Two. It, yeah, but Resident Evil Two is something that you could you could sit down and just knock. I could out. knock it out in like a, really two or three sessions. Yeah, yeah dude. Oh yeah, two yeah or three dude. sessions. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I what guess you, so. What, what do you remember Resident Evil Two being? This. I mean, I I remember like like I remember it my and my young my young youth days crushing that game. My young just youth like, days. Like like six five hour runs of like both discs. Well, that's like, what I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. not the game. If you sit down and it's like probably going to be trip, who has the who has the time to invest. Like he can yeah. he can knock it out in three places. Probably going to be probably. like like as I long would, as I want seven. everyone to bookmark this moment. And then we'll we'll see. No, okay. He he didn't agree to anything. I'm the I, one. I know. I know. Didn't. Yeah. I'm goading him. I'm goading him. Yeah. Yeah. No, like it's okay it's, up there, bro. it's good. Yeah. I was, I was gonna yeah. Go. I'm here. You're you're above me. You're you're above me in the Brady Bunch square. So that's oh no, what I was on bottom with him. Locke, what I was going to tell you is the the mutant um, year zero game. Yeah, thirty five bucks. 
Oh, it's I just I was looking in Steam to see if there was something that I could waste my money on that I'll never end up playing, but um, just to see what existed because I haven't bought a game in a while, uh, and that's overwhelmingly positive. I think in Steam reviews, and I think uh-huh. it's got like ninety percent like ratings on major game developer websites, and it looks really good. I, I'm not really um, a huge fan of. Actually, I can't say that I'm not a huge fan of it because I never played a game like um, XCOM. That's the style of game that it's like. Yeah. Um, like isometric it looks or point and clicky. Yeah, I've tried it's, XCOM. It's very it, not a fan. Does of it XCOM. play like XCOM or is it just? Um, like, I no, it looks I, very like top down kind of. Look, yeah, I mean, looks, the steam the steam description of it. Hold on, let me. Let I don't me think it plays like XCOM. I think. It's let me hit a, you with the steam description, and you can because I have it right here. Um, it was just no, no. I don't want to play No Man's Sky. Okay, I don't want to do that. So <laughs> how about you? How about you don't recommend No Man's Sky? Where did it just go? I lost the game. But yeah, I mean, it used XCOM in the description of the game, like yeah. in the Steam breakdown, it used it. So but it's I mean, like turn-based grid, grid-like. Like it is, it is grid-like. Yeah, because I, I was just watching him like play it, and you're you're definitely on a grid. That's for certain. Huh. It yeah, looks that, pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I I don't know. Is it I, on Switch? Uh, I don't know what platforms it's on. But it says right here, a tactical adventure game combining the turn-based combat of XCOM with story, exploration, stealth, and strategy. It's created by the team um, who led uh, Hitman and designer of Payday. Oh, yeah. I mean, the stills of the game what's look the, what's incredible. What's the company? Uh, it's not, develop, it's not, developer developer is the bearded ladies. Oh, and publisher is Funcom. Oh, they're the these guys are in these guys are the real indies. These, yeah, it's it's eighty percent on on Metacritic. Hmm. So, this is this is where all the gems are. Yeah, where the gems are. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll follow it. I'll watch him play it. it might, yeah, I, mean, I, I just don't. I don't know. It looks good, man. There's a strategy That's, game, another indie game on the Switch. I can't remember the name. I'm trying to look for it right now. Um. It's essentially like a strategy game, like a tile-based, you know, matchup, kind of like this, but with 16-bit graphics on a small floating square grid. You look at it isometrically, and it's got mm-hmm. a kind of like 16-bit almost anime kind of style to it. And I can't think of Go the name, on. but it looked really good. Like it looked like the way I would play this kind of game because I've tried XCOM and I don't really like the board strategy games. I like um. I like the free strategy games like the Warcraft style or like God, there was a game called Dark Rain 2 that had the best soundtrack back in the day on the PC. Like you just, you know, the kind where you like gather resources, build materials and squads and, and go forward. I like that shit. Right, I don't right, like right. having to control units on like a board game right. style grid. I like the free. I haven't played a tile based game since tactics like back in the day. Final yeah. Fantasy tactics. Like I enjoyed Final Fantasy tactics, but I haven't played like that style game in a long time and i definitely yeah. never hopped on the xcom let me introduce like you to this game gem of 2017 mario plus rabbits yeah, weird i thought you were going to mention that <laughs> so weird dude so crazy i can't wait to not i can't wait to not play it on my not switch that i have so i'm telling you uh, it'll blow you away yeah i mean i'll buy this 35 dollar game before i buy a switch and buy mario plus rabbits so um yeah man I'm not going to find this now. I'm going to have to tweet about it later. Sad about it. But yeah, guys, watch that trailer that I posted for uh, for Desert Child. It's got a cool little cool little vibey vibe. It was good talking to you, dudes. Great yeah, talking to you. Yeah, for dude. sure. This is a lot easier than than doing 
the whole live show get, together get to in the house. same room. <laughs> it yeah. is. It yeah. is easier. Yeah. yeah. Quality well, wise, though, that's a that's a different discussion. But we'll see. How about, well, well, I was hard on it last week, but it's it's not it's pretty good. Okay. Well, do you guys want to uh, sign off here and uh, yeah, let, I'm ready let the listeners be about themselves? Yeah, I got, I got to be about themselves. This is, this is I'll, I'll, I'll lead this out. This is Felix Hergood, and uh, you can catch me on Twitch and Mixer. I do like a little Mitch thing, where, and right now I'm playing Ghost Recon Wildlands all this week. Oh, how's, yeah. your, how's your table? Because <laughs> I completed uh, Narco Road today, and now I'm doing the full DLC. Got oh, it. it's okay. Dude, I, I saw the why was a little sh- was was me throwing shade, but I really just was curious if there was like new things that you were doing, which there is. Cool. I know we're not. I Diamond Jab can attest to this. I'm I'm not interested in their like free DLC public event. I saw your table. I get I get it. I was going to ask how that was. They're, yeah. they're, no, that's not from. This was from Narco Road. Fucking piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> no, the, those those events that they offer for free are way overpowered. It's just, you can't do it by yourself. It needs to be done with a group, and I just don't ever have a group, so I can't do right. it. Mm. Wow. Felix, we'll check it thing. out. Felix, I saw the Spider-Man movie Into the Spider-Verse over the weekend. And you bought the DLC, Fa- right? Fantastic movie, yeah. And I and the first thing I did when I got home was like, yeah, I'm going to play the Spider-Man DLC now. Hell yeah. So yeah, I bought it too. I I've got all in on that. Yep. Great movie, by the way. Did you see it, Felix? Must know. Uh, it's in the theater, right? Yeah, did you see it yet? Negative. <laughs> oh, all right i won't say anything else but it's really good you guys should see it it's fantastic where can we see more of to. you neo i'm at neo aoshi at neo underscore yoshi on twitter and twitch.tv slash neo aoshi no underscore on twitch and you can find me doing all kinds of hijinks there nice. all kinds of hijinks uh i'm i'm short and sweet you could uh follow me on twitter at lock underscore key not streaming don't have time or the energy for that but if i do go live i will tweet it out um, you will probably just hear me on Neo stream and on trip stream. So that's where you'll find me lurking somewhere, playing games with them. Uh, it was awesome being back. Appreciate all of you. Yeah. Trip zero. What do you got? Absolutely. Well, besides, uh, lock carrying me in competitive destiny crucible, you can see me play more of that on mixer, mixer.com slash trip zero TV. Um, and the best other place to follow me besides mixer is Twitter. It's twitter.com slash Trip Zero TV. All of my socials are that Trip Trip Zero TV. But I'm pretty active on on Twitter as well. Best place to kind of hang out with us and see what's going on. Um, but yeah, my stream schedule is going to be 12 to eight or nine, depending on what activities are going on. But yeah, 12 p.m. is a new start time for that. And as of right now, mm. we're still going deep in with Black Armory. But uh, like we were talking about on the show, you know, we'd love to sneak some time in there to to switch up the genres. And who knows what's going to happen with Kingdom Hearts or Resident Evil? But stay tuned because there's some fun times ahead. Is that does it make you happier, Neo? Then I'm playing other things, yes. maybe. All right. Sorry, I was just putting you on the spot, man. I'm just oh, having no, a good time. No, it's good. It's good. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, dudes. Uh and everyone else listening, thanks. We'll see you next week. See Later. You next time. You know, I just wanted to see if it was like a no, no. I found I found this out childhood my, thing. I, no, the, honest to God, I found this out that my my maternal grandfather ate the same way, and I didn't even know it. I eat exactly like my maternal grandfather. That's and I've done it's this in, my whole it's life. Genes, so much genetic. genetic. I didn't, genetic. I didn't know it. <laughs> 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 fucking genetic. Yeah. <laughs>